we gather for worship this morning, let's be mindful of the presence of Christ among us and the unity we share in Christ with friends and strangers alike, as recorded in Galatians 3.28. There is no longer a Jew or Greek, slave or free, male or female, for, for all, all of you are one in Christ, Christ Jesus. Jesus. Good morning and welcome to chapel this morning. My name is Marita Beachy. I am a senior elementary and special education major with a PJCS minor, Peace, Justice, and Conflict Studies. This past summer, I participated in the Service Inquiry Program. Um, the Service Inquiry Program provides an opportunity for Goshen College students to spend three months doing service with a faith-based organization, either church-based or a missions organization. And during this time, you are working with the organization, living with the host family or in community, and um, just getting to know people, um, observing how we serve, and becoming part of something bigger. Um, our locations and our tasks varied from California working with youth all the way to Georgia working with refugees. This past summer, I was in Santa Cruz, Bolivia. I worked in a children's home at an after-school program, and my days consisted of working with children to help them with their homework, um, just developing relationships with those around me, and spending time with the kids, getting to know them, and living with my host family. Um, the first thing that we're going to do is I'm going to read you a journal entry that I wrote during my time in Bolivia. This happened at the very beginning. It was inspired by seeing a devotional titled, Praying for Our World. God, here I am in Bolivia, in the world, apart from the world that I know and where many would expect to find sadness and a need for prayer. But strangely, I feel as if the world is at peace here. Life is life and it flows continuously. And while there is need, there is always need. The children, the children I see are full of joy and energy, but there are troubles underneath, either too deep to see or that my limit of knowledge does not allow me to see. I do see children acting out, maybe out of pain and frustration, or simply out of a need to be seen, to be visible. For them, I pray. In the US, I knew more or less what to do. I knew how to comfort, be patient, listen, and help. I knew my place. Here, I do not, which makes it that much more difficult. For this reason, I pray for them. Be with them and understand, even as I do not and cannot. Help heal their hearts and allow them to feel the love and peace that you can bring. Help me, through my interactions with them, to show your love and not overstep any boundaries or invisible lines that I may not even know of. Give us all the strength, patience, love, and grace we need for this job and for these children. In your name, amen. Please join us in singing Abre Mis Ojos, which can be found in Sing the Story, page 65, and on the screens behind me. We'll sing verses one, two, three, and five in Spanish, and verse four in English.
All right, so uh, I'm Isaac Fast. I'm a junior comm major. Um, this summer, I worked in West Virginia with an organization called YouthWorks. And basically what we did is we hosted youth groups. They came in and they did service for a week and then they left. But there were four of us on a team there and we were there the whole summer. So um, my job was to go out and find service things for the kids to do. So I would, you know, there's stuff like, you know, we would go dig a trench in somebody's yard and like reroute their gutters and water and stuff like that. So we were scouting out this one place. Uh, we got a lead on this guy named Harvey Atkinson. Um, Harvey Atkinson. He has a MySpace, which is really funny. Um, and so yeah. Um, so we found Harvey Atkinson, and he led us. He had a mission. He was originally from Texas. And he had moved to West Virginia 12 years prior, and just because he had felt called to start a mission, like a food, a food drive kind of thing, where um, he would literally get tons of food, like truckloads of food, um, and just donated from places like Save-A-Lot or Aldi or whatever else is in West Virginia. Um, and so he lit, like, he had, he, he bought a place, it was probably like four times as big as this chapel, and he like filled it. Every Thanksgiving and Christmas, he like filled it with food, which is just like an unthinkable amount of potatoes and turkeys and corn, whatever else there was. But anyway, so um, we, were with, we were with this guy, and he's a rancher from Texas. He's a real cool guy. He talked for the awesome Southern Twang, and um, he said, I was, I was with another guy on my team named Peyton, and Peyton and I were going over there, and Peyton was doing most of the talking because that was more his job. And um, all of a sudden, after, after knowing Harvey Atkinson for maybe 10, 20 minutes or so, Harvey Atkinson looks over at Peyton and he goes, Peyton, I like you. I want to call your dad and tell him what a good boy he raised. And we're like, like, really? You know, <laughs> and and like he, he he got that impression that we were like, uh, really, you know, and so he said, yeah, I'm being serious. Hey, give me your phone, and I was like, okay, and he dials up his dad and he calls his dad. Harvey calls Peyton's dad and he's like, well, Mister Mister Peyton, ah, oh, crap, I forget his last name, Oaks. Um, Mister Oaks, you've done a very nice boy, and he just he was like super just loving about it and man Peyton and I were like this is really happening like I mean how often does a stranger go up to you and say I'm gonna call your dad and tell him what a good boy he raised um and it was just really like it like hit home for all of us for both of us I guess because um like how often do you do we go out of our way to go you know spread some love about somebody so uh there was a song uh, that was really important this summer and it kind of relates to this about like spreading love and it's also kind of a southern song so we're gonna play that for you. And you guys should stand up <laughs> and sing with us.
Hello, I am Angela Bishop. I'm a super senior this year uh, studying TESOL and Spanish education. But this summer, I decided to do something a little bit different outside of the school. Um, I spent this summer with the Alterna community. I spent the first half of my summer with them in LaGrange, Georgia, and the second half of my summer in El Sauce, Guatemala. During all of this time, I accompanied immigrant families on both sides of the borders. Here in Georgia, with the 20-somethings who have been living in the United States since they decided to come as teenagers, and then with the 40-somethings, their parents in Guatemala who have been missing their sons and daughters who left home out of necessity to support their families. I would love to tell you stories about Napo, the most sincere guy you'll ever meet, who has terrible stories about crossing the border, but prides himself so much on having arrived, having made himself a home, and being able to support his family, to give financial support to his sister, who needed three surgeries to correct her vision after she randomly turned blind. I would love to tell you stories about Jade, a seven-year-old girl that I took to Guatemala with me so that she could meet her grandparents, cousins, uncles, and aunts for the first time. About her transformation, coming to Guatemala and refusing to eat tortillas because she is used to living on a diet of hamburgers and candy and not even wanting to speak Spanish, speaking a terrible, terrible mix of Spanish and English that was really hard to understand. But how at the end of her time in Guatemala with her family, she was loving the Guatemalan cuisine, and when we landed back home in Atlanta, refused to speak English again. I would love to tell you stories about Norma and Arturo, the most loving parents that I've ever met, who work a garden and gave me fresh vegetables every week who like to scare me at night, but also like to have me over for a little nighttime coffee to just chat about our days. And Irma, who laughed hysterically at my Spanish. Sometimes she cried because she could not understand what I was trying to say. But she taught me how to bake and sew and embroider as if I were her own daughter after knowing her for just one day. And I would love to tell you about Francisco, who I talked with in an immigration detention center through plexiglass and a corded phone, who sent me a letter in the mail with a drawing that he had made for me because he wasn't able to give it to me in person. However, if I told you about all of these friends that I made this summer, it would take hours, maybe even days. So instead, I want to share my testimony with you, and that is that love does cross borders. The mission of Alterna Community is Love Crosses Borders, and their vision is to connect um, immigrant families with people living here in the United States, proving that love can cross these geographical borders as well as metaphorical borders. So my testimony is that this is true. Love does cross borders. I was encountered with so many strangers throughout this summer. Having never been in Georgia or in El Sauce, Guatemala before, I met hundreds of new faces. But the thing is, I never felt like a stranger. I never felt unwelcomed, and I never felt alone. Galatians 3.28 says, No hay judío ni griego, no hay esclavo ni libre, no hay hombre ni mujer, porque todos son uno en Cristo Jesús. I felt part of this all-encompassing family of God. I was welcomed into Catholic and evangelical churches, even though I know now I am definitely not Catholic nor am I evangelical. I was walking with people who were ne neither slaves nor free in their homes, 
and I communed among males and females in both Spanish and English, because we are all one in Christ. I was made welcome in the homes of so many families, even though they had no right to welcome me in. I slept in the beds of their children, these beds that have been empty for over 10 years, proving that they accepted me into their families, just like their own daughter. All of this was made possible because of the border-breaking example that Jesus set for us. I never felt a stranger, nor did I feel that anyone was a stranger in my presence. We were all welcomed into the one family of God. Uh, I would like you to turn into your blue hymnals to 322, for we are strangers no more. This song was a testimony to me this summer, and I would like to share it with you today. 322 in your blue hymnals.
My name is Quinn Brennicke. I'm a junior public relations major. And this summer, my service inquiry program placement was in Chicago, Illinois, working for the Center for Student Missions, which is an organization that organizes short-term urban mission trips in the summer for high school youth groups. I'm going to tell you a story, um, not about when I was doing service, uh, it was actually on my day off. Um, but it might have been one of the most impactful stories of my summer and really um, taught me a lot about who God is. And the story is about Jeff. Um, he's the man standing on my left here. The guy on my right, his name is David, and he's, a, he's another story. But tonight, or this morning, I'm gonna talk about Jeff. Um, so on the weekends, we had days off, and me and one of my coworkers, Megan, uh, were walking around downtown Chicago, um, around Michigan Avenue, if anyone's been there, and um, we're walking around getting ready to meet some of our other coworkers to get deep dish pizza. And um, it was getting about that time, and so we started heading that way, and on our way there, Jeff stops us, and he says, hey, um, so I don't have any money, and I'm not asking you to give us money, but I'm hungry. And Megan and I kind of hesitated, and so we teach our groups every week the classic Jesus message, give to those who beg from you, and we teach them how to um, talk to people who are begging and, and just give them humanity, treat them like a person, and we were hesitating and we're like, we can't do that. We'd be hypocrites if we'd do that. So we're like, okay, yeah, sure. We can, we can get you some food. And so Jeff had this favorite um, chicken place that was down underneath the city in Millennium Station. And he asked if we could take him there. And we said, yeah, that'd be no problem. So on our way there, we also uh, crossed another man and um, similar story. And he asked, and we're like, yeah, well, what's one more? So the four of us went down um, to uh, this really actually kind of disgusting chicken place. Um, and we got them some dinner. And I was just talking to this other man, and he was getting ready to leave. And so I went over to Megan, who was talking to Jeff. And I said, hey, Megan, like, I'm getting text messages and calls from our friends. They're like wondering where we are, we, we have to go. And so I said, would you, uh, I was talking to Jeff and Megan, would you all mind just praying together before we left? And Jeff looks at me and he goes, well, wait a minute, we're already having a Bible study over here. And I look at Megan and she's like cracking up laughing right now. And so I sit down and I start talking to Jeff and he's already been talking to Megan for a while now. And he just starts asking us questions. And one of the questions was, what does God give us? And Megan and I were sitting there like, um, uh, food? Uh, and Jeff was like, no, 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 come on, come on. And we're, we weren't answering, and he was like, come on, you guys, you're sitting in the back of the classroom eating bubble gum right now. And we're like, okay, Jeff, we'll give you an answer. And so... We're just trying to make stuff up. And he didn't really like our answers. And he goes, oh, you guys are pathetic. Come on, he gives us joy. And we're like, yeah, Jeff, that's right. He gives us joy. You're right. <laughs> and, and so at this point, we're cracking up because I can't even, I can't even describe Jeff. He was so funny. Um, 
And we're just laughing this whole time. And on top of it, Jeff was quoting scripture out of the top of his head like nothing. It was like he had the entire Bible memorized. And he's just telling us these scripture and he's asking us questions and he's teaching us and he has all of this wisdom and all of this experience. And I felt like I was learning so much just sitting there like um, in the underneath of Chicago and this disgusting chicken place and I was learning so much. And so we, we were like, Jeff, thank you. Thank you for giving us this wisdom. And he said, no, 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 don't thank me. He said, if you get any wisdom today, it's not my wisdom, it's God's wisdom. Don't thank me. And that humility just inspired me. And um, so by this point, we were really running late uh, to meet our friends and they thought that we were lost or stolen or something. And... Um, so we're like, Jeff, hey, like, we really have to go. And Jeff was a talker, and he didn't let us go. But eventually, we were able to leave. And so um, we prayed together, exchanged hugs. Uh, we told him that we'd be visiting him on the weekends from then on. And, um, and he said, before you leave, you need to know something. And we're like, OK. And he said, the reason you are so happy right now is because God made you happy to learn about him. And we're like, Okay, and he said, you have joy when you learn about God. And we're like, yeah, Jeff, that's right. And um, thank you again for your wisdom. And he said, no, no, don't thank me. And so it was like, kept going back and back and forth about this. Um, and so he kept telling us that, that we're joyful because God puts joy in our hearts when we're together, when we're talking about God and we're living in the kingdom with other people. And so Megan and I left, and we were just jumping and happy and grinning, and we were laughing still at all of the funny things that Jeff was telling us. And we started talking about just processing our conversation with him, and the thing that killed us the most was that we realized that hundreds, if not thousands of people walk past Jeff every single day in front of the Walgreens on Michigan Avenue in downtown Chicago, they walk past him every day, and they would have no idea the kind of man he is. They would have no idea that he's so wise and that he basically has the entire Bible in his brain. They would have no idea that he could make them smile and laugh and cry all in one conversation. And people just walk past him because he's different, or maybe his begging makes them feel bad. And what God was telling me through this experience was that when Jesus came to earth, he broke down those barriers that separate us. There's no Jew nor Greek, no slave nor free, nor male nor female. You might say there's no sheltered, no homeless. And those barriers were broken down, and I was able to see God's kingdom beyond what I'm used to. Jeff and I were really different. He's middle-aged. He's a homeless alcoholic, and by every circumstance that we could have met, we shouldn't have met. It was totally unlikely circumstances. He was a totally unlikely person for me to meet. But God broke those barriers down for us, and I left feeling incredibly blessed by him and feeling totally joyful. And so that's Jeff.
Let's sing together, Jesus Christ is Waiting. Um, it's number 30 in Sing the Journey, and it will be up on the screen as well. Troyer. I'm a senior Bible religion major and I have a minor in women's studies. Um, for my service inquiry placement, I was at Jubilee Partners, a Christian intentional community in northern Georgia. My life at Jubilee consisted of two main features. One was spent with the partners and the other and the volunteers, and then the other was spent with the refugees. The partners, or the long-termers, are people who are committed to the community and have Jubilee in their long-term plans. Then there are the volunteers, which is what I was. The volunteers are typically at Jubilee for a shorter amount of time and provide much of the labor that is needed to maintain a school and farm. During my time at Jubilee, my primary responsibilities were English teaching, garden work, car and bike maintenance, and blueberry picking. The other part of my experience at Jubilee was with the refugees. The refugees come to Jubilee directly from their refugee camps and live at Jubilee for about two months. During their time at Jubilee, the refugees are able to attend English classes and utilize their nine months of Medicaid without missing work. While I was there, we had different ethnic groups from Burma, but since Jubilee has started in the 70s, they've had refugees from all over the world. When I arrived at Jubilee, I had just come back from Peru, where I went on SST, and was still trying to figure out what it meant to be back from that experience. As I got to know the families' personalities and watched these families struggle to understand a new culture and a new language, I just couldn't help but compare it to my recent adventures in Peru. In a lot of ways, they were similar. I, too, had been thrown into an entirely new situation with little preparation. I was using a new language and was struggling to understand even the simplest social cues. It was a life where I had to trust my host families blindly because I had absolutely no idea what was going on. So, too, did the refugees have to trust us blindly as we led them to the bank to explain bank accounts, the grocery store to buy food, or to the doctor's office. 
The difference between me and the refugees was this. I did all these things for fun. No one was threatening me or my family when I left for Peru. I left because I wanted adventure. I knew I would be able to return to the US. When I became frustrated with my Spanish or lack of cultural understanding, I knew I only had to make it until I got home, and then I would be able to understand what was going on. The refugees didn't choose this life. They had left Burma in order to survive. When they left, they knew that they would probably never return home again. Depending on their ability to adapt, they would probably be working low-wage jobs for the rest of their lives. When the families would leave Jubilee to begin their new life in Atlanta, there were a lot of unknowns. Before they would leave, the entire community would gather and wish them luck, and we would sing peace before us. There were a lot of things we could never understand about their experience, and even more things that we couldn't change. But at this point, it was time to realize that we had done what we could to help them, and now it was time to let them go and see if they could make a life for themselves in this country. And now we're gonna sing Peace Before Us, and it's number 16, and sing the story. Now you have heard some of our stories and experiences over the summer. Um, we hope that you have learned more about Service Inquiry Program and maybe have an interest to participate in the future. 
To close out this morning, I'm going to read a final journal entry that I wrote at, during my last few weeks in Bolivia. Okay, God, so here I am. I feel like this has been a work in the making for some time now. I first heard about this two years ago. Two years, and here I am. I could say that I wanted it enough, and so I got it. That I worked hard to get here, and I earned it. But that's not true. It was surprisingly simple, and everything just kind of fell into place. Not only the getting here, but the becoming a part of something while here. That can only be you. I know I meant to do devotions every day and grow spiritually, and on that account, I wasn't terribly successful. But I do see you here, in these kids who love so much in spite of all the hurt they've been dealt, and their hugs and kisses and words. God, they are so beautiful. I love them, each of them, their life, their vitality, their mischievousness. My heart aches at the thought of leaving them. They belong to me now, and I can't help but leave a little broken by their absence. You've helped me to see so much. I'm here. I'm learning and growing and adapting. I'm loving and caring and putting more into this placement than I ever would have thought possible. It's not only the kids. It's everyone. My readings say that you need actions and not just words. So here I am that you have a plan for me. Since it's been two years in the making, I hope I'm doing it, but what next? My heart has been touched here more than anywhere else. Why is that? Because I'm supposed to be here? To come back? I don't know what's going to come next, but I know you've given me a gift. Thank you for that, for showing me what I can do and am capable of, for placing these children, these friends, this family in my life and in my heart. Thank you. Thank you for joining us in chapel today. Go in peace.